You're very welcome along. It's the gardening programme and we're in the autumn series of sure the programme. And Pori Corkin is in studio with Good us. Good morning, Deirdre. How are you? I'm very good and we're going to start by saying congratulations this we morning. Are indeed. We because, Horkins, uh, we're winners of the best retail store in the Mayo Advertiser Awards. Have I got that right? Yeah, just, just well announced done. yesterday. Uh, so a special thank you to my own team, Keith and Declan and Innes and all the team in Turlock. Too, too many to mention. Uh, they won the best in the garden and home category, but also best overall winners for best retail store in Mayo. And it's voted by the public, by the customers. Which really, which I always nice. think, is a lovely yeah, accolade it because is. it's always nice to, I suppose, get a little bit of recognition, um, but it's lovely when it is the people that you're really kind of there for. Yeah. Absolutely. So well done to the guys in, in Turlock. It's a really, it's a, a real coup and, and uh, we're delighted with the award. And it's great. After all the hard work, it's nice to that the public pat you on the back. Yeah, absolutely. Say, job well done. Yeah, so good. That's it's nice. a nice start today. To the weekend. Uh, to the weekend. Yeah, right, yeah. and uh, not only that, but we have a tiny, I know that forecast now, I have to say, a very mixed bag, but our experience of it so far this morning is oh, that it's been beautiful. a very pleasant morning beautiful. and we've pulled down the blind because the have. sun was coming we in. Have. I think it was June that we did that last. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, even yesterday was fantastic. The weather conditions are just lovely. That's lovely autumnal weather, that cool temperatures and still, you know, lovely dry weather to get out there and do so much in the garden. And, uh, you know, most gardens are actually, I, w- I was watching somebody along the roadway yesterday picking blackberries still Actually, that was on my to-do list during the week and I didn't get around to it because we were were talking about blackberry pies uh, earlier in the week and I said, oh, there is an idea now. A real sign of autumn. Maybe today, if if there are any left. But what I would say to to listeners, you make use of today because um, Sunday, certainly Monday, Tuesday, is back to showery, more miserable weather. So in particular, and I was looking at the questions last week Mm. that we didn't get to. Because there was a lot of them. There sure was. But there was a couple in particular, things like mare's tail. People are asking about the mare's tail because it's still very green it's a very difficult weed to get rid of it it looks like a small little conifer mm. and uh, now is a good time now is a good time in general to control weeds because they're beginning to slow down in growth the green pigment is beginning to die back in all plants and uh, you'll find that applying weed killers in September early October you get a very good kill because the weeds are naturally dying back anyway and particularly the likes of mare's tail which is a perennial weed which could come back comes back year after year unfortunately yes now is the time to treat it and there's a very good treatment called it's a it's a it's a queer name but but good stuff as they say it's it's a treatment called near doff near doff it's a, a belgian product uh, near doff and it, it it's sold in a, in, a, in a green bottle that's how you'll know it um and it has the actual picture of the mare's tail on it, it specifically states mare's tail on the product so that's what a treatment called near doff i know there was a lot of questions we had Ten or fifteen questions about mare's tail last week alone, so a good time to apply it. A day like today would be terrific to use it. So my advice is to get out there with your sprayer or watering mm-hmm. can, put on some of the Neardoff on um, the mare's tail. You'll find treatments like Roundup ineffective. They don't work on mare's tail. Right. Uh, so, and I think that was a couple of the questions were, were, where people had tried Roundup, but of course the, the mare's tail is still there. So use the Neardoff. Do it today if you can. Mm-hmm. You get a very very good kill. Um, you may need to reapply next spring because you will the mare's tail. Is one that you have to kind of persist with but it's a very good time to treat weeds in general and even just as a tidy up of the garden a lot of weeds are beginning to produce seed at this time of year uh, and if you don't treat them now that's going to be the next generation for next year so my advice again is to tidy up the garden and take control of weeds either hold them out or use a little bit of, of weed killer at this time of year you will find it very very effective even on your lawn 
dandelions, daisies are still very evident. They're still there and the growth has been so strong. Yes. We were saying that last mm. week. But the growth has also been strong in weeds in the lawn. Right. So again, if you haven't mowed the grass maybe in a week or 10 days, a day like today, you get a very good kill from applying a lawn weed killer. Um, so something like the Hygieia lawn weed killer or clover killer or any of mm-hmm. those will eliminate broadleaf weeds and you're just getting on top of the problem now rather than leaving it there to fester over the winter period. The other thing that was very common last week was moss control. Yes, so and I moss can see con- that already as well this morning. Yeah, and again we're coming into that time of year where moss starts to grow now. Um, so with the cooler, milder, wet weather, moss is going to just start to come forward now. So again on your lawns, I would be applying something like the Osmo uh, moss remover, apply that now. It'll also feed the lawn, give a nice green colour through the winter period. Uh, but also there's a lot of moss beginning to appear on slates and tiles and patio slabs and paving in general. Again, last week we had a lady uh, asking about uh, Nostoc, the little jelly-like yes, substance. Yes, and I, I think I might see another question there about that as well this morning. Right, well there again, that's one that you could use, use something like the Patio Magic to get rid of that now. And again, the dry weather, I suppose that's the point of making today, mm. is take make use of the good day. And if you need to apply weed killers or fertilizers or that type of, of treatment, do a day like today, you'll get a very, very good result from doing it. Right. So weeds on the lawn, weeds in general around the garden, the mare's tail, use the Neerdorf, um, apply it in a washing can or a sprayer and that'll get rid of it very quickly. Uh, Patio Magic for uh, moss on paving and hard surface areas. So if you've got paving slabs, you know, around a grave or anywhere that there's, there's, that there's moss mm. uh, beginning to, to appear, nip it in the bud now. Is, is the answer. And with lawns in general, uh, applying something like the Osmo now will feed it, but more importantly, you'll start nipping the moss before it becomes a problem because we'll be inundated next spring again with the usual moss question. So now is the time really to get on top of those. Okay, because it's, it's much more difficult and if you do live until spring and it has kind of had the overwinter period That's really exactly when it. it is thriving and very little else is. It's coming into its growing season yeah. because everything else is slowing down so the moss is actually going to start coming to the fore. So it's just nipping it in the bud now and taking control of it. And it's a really good time as a general tidy up of the garden. The leaf litter is beginning to start now. Uh, you still need to mow the grass. So today is a day for really just getting on top of the garden, tidying it up, controlling the weeds, um, feeding the lawns, controlling lawn weeds uh, in general and controlling moss. That's the type of job I will be doing over the next, certainly today is an ideal okay, day for it. Because tomorrow the, the, rain, yeah. the rain is forecast. And next weekend there'll be no time, <laughs> no time for gardening. So, <laughs> Well, some people <clears throat> some people in other counties might uh, exactly, have time for gardening, exactly. but we know, we know most the folks in this part of the world won't. Now, you also, we were talking briefly about fruit, fruit. last week yeah. because, I mean, there is this, this is that time of the year and you've brought in a gorgeous selection of fruit Yeah, and again, autumn is always, we, you know, it's always thought about as fruit time, the time for harvesting, mm. the time for lifting and uh, apples in particular and most fruit are beginning to ripen now and now is the time to actually start taking them off the, the, uh, the trees. And I'm often asked, how do you know when an apple is ripe? is ready to pick and the answer is if you cup it in your hand right. and lift it whilst it's on the tree yeah. it should come off the tree very easily if you have to be pulling it and tugging it it's not, ready. it's not ready so if you lift the apple or the pear or whatever it is and give it a slight twist it should come away in your hand and that's an indication it's ready to pick right. now if the wasps are beginning to, beginning to attack, attack them uh, you know then okay you might need to harvest them earlier but in general try to leave the fruit as long as possible sitting on the tree and you'll know don't wait for them, for the wind to knock them and certainly again a day like today because we're promised stormy weather tomorrow mm. so I go out and just check your apples most apples should be 
beginning to be to ripen at this time of year. Um, some of the later varieties like Bramley Seedling will need a bit of longer or the Conference Pear. I brought you in one of the that Conference Pears. That's a fabulous Conference Pear. It's, it's a lovely variety but it's it's a late season pear. Right. Um, so it's not ripe. It's very firm now and okay. it's not ready to eat. And that, that actual variety of pear suits better if it gets a couple of nights frost. So when it's sitting on the tree and the frost gives it a, gives it a, a bit of a chilling effect, it actually accelerates the ripening process. Oh, so conference is a variety to leave as long as possible on the... Now I just picked that one, mm. but but in general, leave them as Lovely long as possible. Yeah. Now, if, if they do fall and you lift them, they will ripen indoors as well in a warm windowsill. But try and leave those and particularly late season apples on the tree. But as a tip, just there's a variety called Katie. Lovely okay, red lovely apple. deep red. It's beautiful, beautiful variety. Yeah. Uh, very, very easy to grow. Very good pollinator of other trees as well, which is important. Um, but always a very reliable apple. And as a mature tree, you'd have anything up to 150, 200 apples and on it's that a, tree. it's a lovely size for an eating apple as well, because you know sometimes uh, know. If you can get very big apples <laughs> yeah, and then you know you you've just too much of an apple. <laughs> yeah. And then other times it, they're just too small. So yeah. that, that's, that's, that's what I would call the perfect size perfect, apple. Perfect size. Um, good time. Great variety to plant. So it's a variety called... So called Katie but it's ready to harvest at this time of year and that will store very well if you lift it now or, or take it off put it into crates maybe wrap them in individual uh, pieces of newspaper right. and stick them in somewhere cool and dark they'll store certainly up to Christmas Really? Yeah okay. Anything that's bruised or damaged obviously make use of that yes, straight away yeah. um, but anything that's like that one that's absolutely perfect will store for, for two months at least So really with, with fruit in general dear, the, the, the key thing is first of all it's, it's the time to plant fruit mm-hmm. So coming into September, October it's planting time for, for fruit in general and in most cases many plants can be planted this time of year but fruit is, is a good it's a good opportunity the soil is still warm moisture conditions are ideal and it's a good time to plant fruit the second thing to remember is that soil preparation and location where you pick the area for fruit is important so don't pick a shaded area in the garden they re- need relatively good sun so I would say at least four to five hours of brightness per day so somewhere bright south facing ideal or um, west facing would be ideal try and have it in not too exposed an area because the wind affects the bees coming in in the spring so reasonably sheltered reasonably sunny reasonably good fertile soil and do prepare the soil well so if you're planting new fruit in the garden my advice is to clean the area off use a little bit of weed free 360 just to clean off any weeds that might be there dig in some organic matter so if you can get your hands on rotten manure stable manure mushroom compost garden compost that type of material dig that into the soil before planting because most fruit trees are relatively hungry as young plants Um, you can use something like the organic sea mungus which is a very good seaweed based Mm -hmm. fertilizer as well when you're planting the plants so a really good time to plant Uh, pick a location that's going to be suitable relatively sheltered relatively sunny Um, you can then plant them in groups so when you're putting apples in don't put one solitary one on its own you need a minimum of three as a rule so threes fives or sevens make sure that when you're getting it picking them in the local garden centre you ask varieties that flower at the same time so the cross pollination will occur Um, and pick different varieties so pick you know a Bramley's and a Grenadier and a Katie and you know and mix them up so you have a nice bit of variety it's not all the same five apples or five varieties from five apple trees yeah and remember in, in the west of Ireland plums grow very well that's a variety called opal 
That's a, a lovely re- looking yeah, plum. Yeah, really nice plum. That's a really, it's, you know, I suppose the plums you get primarily in shops are not quite as big as that. No, that's, that's quite a, a big variety. Yeah. Um, one called Opal, there's another one called Czar, which is more purple. It's more purple texture. Um, Victoria, which is more that kind of orangey colour. Yes. Smaller plum, but huge amount of fruit off it. So many, many good varieties. Plums do really well here. They normally start to fruit after about five or six years. So they tend to do a lot of growing uh, for the first couple of years and then settle down to fruiting. Uh, whereas apples will you'll tend to come into flower two to three years after uh, planting. Now people will probably bring in and say mine haven't fruited for whatever number of years. And sometimes if, if fruit is on particularly good soil, very rich soil, they will grow, they, 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 they'll put the energy into growing right. at the expense of fruit. And, and one of the things you can do at this time of year is put on sulphate of potash. So if you have trees that are a little bit shy to fruit, a dressing of sulphate of potash applied at this time of year helps to slow down the growth and initiate flower buds and bring them into flower next. Because if they're not flowering, you're not going to get the fruit. So the trick is to get them flowering well. And and with the plum trees, would it be the same advice as with the apple trees that, you know, plant them in groups and to have different varieties? Yeah, well, well, Victoria is actually, funny enough, a self-fertile variety, right. so it will work on its own. Um, it, it, with apples, it's, it's critically important that you put in a mixture of varieties. With plums, it's not as important. They tend, if you put in two or three different varieties, that's enough. Or even one Victoria on its own will tend to fruit very well. The, the actual, the, the trouble with Victoria, uh, the plums, is that they tend to fruit too well one year and then they might skip a year. Okay. Right? So they, they might have... So they're kind of the recovering for it, right. On one, one year. And then they'll skip a year where they'll, they'll put all the energy into growth. Uh, so, but, but they are very easy to grow, but they do take a little bit of patience in terms of allowing them to grow for four or five years and then they'll settle down to, to flowering and fruiting. Okay, so right. plums are really a bit of a longer term project. Yeah. The other one I brought in for you oh, is um, some autumn raspberries. Oh! Right, you're going to have a few of these. I love the old raspberries. One of my <laughs> no, favourite, favourite fruits. They're a bit crushed. That's okay, I'll forgive you. <laughs> and the other one I brought are cherries. Cherries. Fruiting cherries. Which is another, uh, it's a fruit that grows really well in Ireland, mm. but we don't we don't see quite as much of them. I'm having a raspberry first. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Now, if you haven't had your breakfast, you're probably going to get hungry very quickly. These are Stella cherries, which are a sweet form of cherry. Mm. So they flower like the ordinary cherry blossom, and we know how well the cherry blossom does here. Of course. These do e- e- equally I have to try as well. A cherry now. There's a, a, another variety called Morello, if you like cooking cherries, the dark purple, the d- uh, dark black Morello mm. cherry, which is very, very good as well. Um, and again, like the plums, they tend to take a couple mm. of years to settle down into fruiting. Um, oh, they're but beautiful, Park. They are nice and mm. very easy to grow. Autumn raspberries, again, very easy to grow this time of year. Um, a great time to plant them. So look, at the key message is mm. we're in the time of year. We're in September, early October. It's the time to plant fruit in the garden. Do pick a, a sheltered location. Uh, pick reasonably good soil and prepare the soil well by adding some organic matter. Plant the trees in groups of threes or fives. Uh, for things like soft fruit, like raspberries and gooseberries, blackcurrants, blueberries, you need about four to five, maybe six plants to give you something worthwhile. Um, and apart from that, they're very, you get years and years of enjoyment out of them. We're also coming into the time of year for pruning apple trees and trees in general. Now, the only ones that you don't prune at this time of year are the stone fruits. So that's like the plum. That's the plum, the cherries, uh, peaches, if you've got them in a greenhouse or a tunnel. You leave those alone until springtime until the leaves are nearly coming out on the plant and that's the time to prune them. But all other fruit you prune at this time of year. So your blackcurrants, your gooseberries, your apples, your pears, 
All of those are pruned through the winter period. And the other key thing at this time of year is put on the potash that I mentioned, the okay. sulphur potash. And that could kind of bring on the fruit. Yeah, it crop. doesn't bring on any new growth. What it does actually is slow the whole thing process down and the plant is nearly tricked into thinking, I'm not growing, so therefore let's produce some flower buds and therefore you get a lot more fruit next spring. So if you had, say, a tree or a plant that was very fruitful this year, yeah. it would be highly advisable then to put on potash, would it? Because it would. otherwise it might not really yield too much the following Correct. year. Okay. Correct. I'm learning. There you go. There you go. Okay. So a good time to plant um, and, and go for interesting varieties. Like, mm. you know, a lot of the varieties you buy in the shops are, are bred for aesthetics to look shiny and and, and attractive but you know there's some lovely varieties like um, James Greve is a lovely apple Egmont Russet it's got that sandpaper type flesh Ooh. now some people don't like that but the, fl- the, the flesh is very nutty very juicy. It's a really nice apple. It's a real old variety, Egmont Russet. Think of the russet apples. So the, even though the texture is is coarse, the flesh is absolutely fantastic. And the flavour on that one is particularily nice. That's a really nice variety. Um, but there's only that Katie is a very good mm. one, even though it's a, a relatively new variety. Uh, Green Sleeves is a very, very similar to Golden Delicious. So there's lots of really nice, interesting varieties that you won't normally get in the shops to buy. You'll get the Granny Smiths and the Golden Delicious yep. and the thing, but you won't get... So look for some of the old varieties and because they're bred for taste and flavour rather than being and which shiny. Is, which and is really what you want in an eating apple. Absolutely. I know it's nice if things look look aesthetically pleasing, but uh, sometimes it's better to, have, to kind of be able to see beyond that point. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You want the yeah. flavour. Okay. So that's it with fruit. So really, right. I suppose the key thing is it's, it's a very good planting time. It's Potash is the key ingredient you want to add to your fruit trees this time of year. And we are coming into the time of year for pruning. And remember, when you are pruning your blackcurrants and gooseberries, those offshoots will make fantastic cuttings to propagate your own plants. So you can get your little root powder out. You can get the root powder out and root a few cuttings over the winter period as well or give them to neighbours and friends or whatever. So don't just throw them away. You can actually make use of the pieces that you cut off. So take the cuttings today and do the root powdering tomorrow when it's raining. No? Exactly, yeah, but there you go. That's, <laughs> that's okay. a very good tip. That's a very good okay. tip. Okay, a whole weekend of gardening, you know, when you listen to this programme. Yeah. Right, we're going to take a quick break because there's lots of questions in for Porik as well and you can send them in to us on 087-900-4141. That's the text with thanks to C&C Cellular. And if you're calling us, we're keeping Teresa nice and busy after her little break last weekend. 0818-3055. As we're munching away on mm. fruit in the studio, we have uh, lots of different questions. Great variety of stuff there altogether. Uh, I know we said we've kind of dealt with moss and stuff like that, but we're going to have just one question on that pork okay. and then yep. we, I, Shoot, I, I yep. think we have it fairly well covered for this morning. Um, a listener uh, who sent this in very early this morning, now that I look at the time, tells us that the lawn is in great nick after using the Osmo and uh, they're wondering... did. Did they hear you saying to reapply it now or do you wait till next spring? Oh no, you, well you can do a second application now. If they, if they used it early in the year, obviously they've, they've got the result of that and, and it's great to hear that the lawn is in good condition. Mm. Um, yeah, I would reapply the Osmo again a day like today um, or over the next week or 10 days and that will again just stop the moss from, from reappearing. It'll nip it in the bud and it'll give the lawn a bit of a tonic for the winter period. So yeah, you can do a sec- second application now. Uh, a listener has a smoke plant, yeah. uh, which is new to me. And One. now I'll, I'll, I'll get you to I'll clarify which is in a second. <laughs> um, and they'd like to know, what is it possible to take cuttings off it at this time of the year? Mm. Well, the smoke bush is a beautiful plant. It's a, the, a plant called Cotinus. And it gets the name because the flowers that it produces 
are like smoke on the top of the on the top of the well, that's what the, that's what the right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm here with a perplexed yeah. look on my face. And that it's not your typical flower. First of all, okay. it's grown. The smoke bush is grown for its lovely purple foliage. So really, it's like the colour of dillisk. That really oh, rich. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. And actually, it would be in fairly full colour in the recent the last couple of weeks. Anyway, yeah, it would. And as yeah. we, as we get into the colder weather, it goes a lovely orangish, very like the Virginia creeper. Great time to plant it as well. The cotinus, a lo- really lovely plant, and it's it's grown mainly for its foliage colour. So you've yeah. got it from kind of mid March right through till October. So it's a very good plant. It's a plant I would always recommend, say beside something yellow. So if you've got choice, your sundance in the garden or euonymus because the contrast is very good. So it's got that lovely dark purple foliage. The question is about cuttings. And yes, now is a good time to take the cuttings off cotinus. So take the cuttings about eight inches long. Right. Strip off all the leaves apart from... And you could even take the one on, on the top because it's deciduous. It's going to shed that anyway. So right. take short cuttings about the length of the biro. Dip them in rooting powder. Cut them at a node, first of all. And that's the bump on the stem. It's a little bit of rooting powder and then into a, a mixture of half compost, half sand or half compost or, and okay. perlite mixed together. And again, in a, in a six inch pot, you'll put 10, 12 cuttings, no problem whatsoever. Cover with a polythene bag, stick them under the hedge or out in the greenhouse or anywhere in the garden, mm-hmm. really. And even there until next March or April. Oh, Take really? the full winter, yeah, for them to root. And uh, at that stage, just lift them and transplant them and they'll grow on. They'll grow on. Yeah, yeah. Lovely plant. Lovely. Beautiful, really nice. yes. The colour is actually yeah. now stunning yeah. and it does really lift up an area maybe that had, it, uh, where the kind of summer colour has gone by the wayside and uh, you're just looking to kind of fill things out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a lovely plant to, to as a contrast in the garden because it's got the foliage colour for mm. so long. So if you've got spotted laurel or euonymus or say golden privet hedge and you want to just give something with a nice contrast than the smoke bush and it doesn't suffer pests diseases. It's one of those really easy to grow, uh, good garden plants, totally frost hardy. You know, even in the, as a beginner gardener, mm. it's a plant I'd recommend in any garden. It's a really nice one. So it's Cotinus is the botanical name. Smokebush is, is the, the common name. Common name. Okay. Uh, now, here's a good question. A listener would like to know, what vegetable plants can they plant now in their raised beds? They're after lifting all their orla potatoes, which are lovely to eat. Believe it or not, I was travelling up this morning at whatever, about 8 o'clock this morning. Yeah. There was a guy out digging his spuds. Good man. Um, uh, lifting the potatoes. So it's it's that time of year where, yeah, you're digging out the potatoes and the soil is, is absolutely beautiful at the moment to work um, and it's great for replanting. So into that piece of ground, I would put in things, any of the winter hardy veg. So vegetable plants are available at the moment, believe it or not. So you've got things like Chinese cabbage. You've got uh, all the winter uh, cabbages, the savoys, hispe, which is a very fast maturing variety. You might even have pickings off that before Christmas if you plant it now. Many of the lettuce varieties, so there's varieties like butterhead, um, iceberg is still available, um, the oak leaf, which is again a more kind of purplish uh, foliaged lettuce, they're all totally hardy. Uh, you've all the Japanese onion sets to plant now, garlic, which is kunguin at this time of year. Um, so for me, I would be putting in some of the Chinese cabbage, some of the ordinary winter cabbage, the Savoy cabbages. I would also plant broccoli, the purple sprouting oh, broccoli. Yeah. So plant that now. And that'll give you fantastic heads for March, April, May of next year. Um, any of the onion sets, the Japanese onion sets are very good. Plant it now. They'll give you spring onions in the springtime and lovely full-size onions by May of next year. So there's a lot of... Uh, vegetable plants available at the mm. moment and you could also sow a little bit of seed as well any of those plants if you sow from seed you'll have them about six or eight weeks later from the plants 
So anyone digging out potatoes, don't leave that soil empty. Just rake it over, put in a light bit of organic fertiliser like the Vitex Q4, rake that in and get your vegetable plants in. Do put a little bit of slug control down because in this cooler weather, the slugs are going to be a little bit more active. Um, so do keep an eye on that. But apart from that, um, the conditions are absolutely perfect for putting. And all of those plants I've mentioned are winter hardy. So the Chinese uh, cabbage, the winter cabbage, all those lettuce varieties, they'll all tolerate the cold, cold conditions weather. of the weather. Switch. And the purple sprouting broccoli definitely is one I'd, I'd put in. That's yeah. a great vegetable. It's and one it, of my favourites. So, yeah, and, yeah. It, <laughs> and it produces it produces broccoli spears, as you know, for yeah, months, it, yeah. for months. And and if you cut them back, you know, as they come on, then they, they keep, kind of keep coming. They keep it. shooting. Yeah. They keep shooting. And because you see again, going back to the cooler weather of the spring, one of the the, the criticism with broccoli during the summer is that people ring in and say, "Well, oh, it's gone, it's gone, gone to seed." Yeah. And because they've missed, they've just lost, you know, two or three days, it goes over. Whereas the purple sprouting broccoli, because you're picking it in March, April, May sort of period. Uh, it's cooler and the flowers just stay sitting there. So if you forget it for two weeks, it'll still it, be okay. Right, it, has to it, go, won't it won't run go to seed, seed as quickly. And if you do pick it on a regular basis, as you say, and freeze it, it'll hold as well. Mm. So it's a very, very good, very easy. It's the type of plant that once you put it in and you get it growing and you, you keep the slugs off it for the first couple of weeks, it's absolutely trouble free, but yes, you're very rewarding. Uh, next springtime. Yeah, and it's I, I, from a, I suppose from a, a, a food point of view as well, it's a kind of very attractive on a plate and of course it's also very good for you. Yeah, it's so, all those benefits. So those plants pluses. are available in the garden centres at the moment, ready to plant. Great. Now, a listener would like to know, can they uplift white thorn bushes and replant them? Lots yes, of replanting can. going on today. Yeah, and well, no, it's a, it's a tad early, as okay. in I wouldn't be lifting anything really until it goes out a leaf, which is going to be about the middle of October. So things like white thorn, black thorn, um, ash trees, you know, little whip seedlings that are maybe, maybe growing in areas of your garden or farmyard or whatever that you want to lift, mm. uh, particularly if they're only kind of maybe ending up to six feet high. They'll transplant no problem whatsoever. So, but leave it until the leaves fall, which is going to be um, another four weeks, five weeks. So it's going to be kind of mid-October, late October before you start digging those plants up. But once the leaves have turned and gone off the plant, they're totally safe to lift and you can dig them up and transplant them somewhere else. Maybe mark them now a little bit of ribbon or something, just put a mark on them so you know when you come back in October. What the plan well, was. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> because, it, you know, it can be sometimes hard to spot then. So, yeah, but no, transplanting in general, mid-October, if you want to dig a few shrubs up and transplant them or trees or whatever, roses, then uh, mid-October, from then through till the middle of March is the time to transplant. Great. Uh, somebody's wondering, they see pak choy plants yeah. and they're wondering, are they easy to grow or do you need any special conditions? Well, the pak choy is the, is is the, that chi- the Chinese, that's the cabbage. Chinese cabbage. So exactly what I said earlier, it's no, it's a great time to plant them. Now's the time to get them in. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're a very versatile vegetable as they well. They are lovely, absolutely. Yeah, you can do all sorts of things. Very with them. easy to grow. Uh, a listener has a woodland area okay. that they'd like to plant, so right. they're wondering what shrubs or spring bulbs would be okay to plant now. Well, we're right in that time of year of putting in the bulbs. So it, the type of bulbs that are associated with woodland areas, and it depends on the size of the woodland area, but things like snowdrops, winter aconites, crocuses will do very well. Dwarf daffodils, and um, bluebells. Of course, they're all available uh, to plant now. So. Any of the spring flowering bulbs will work really well, well in a woodland area because they're flowering at a time of year when the woodland is still letting in lots of light and, they, and it works extremely well. And they are perennials. So once they're put in, they'll, they'll flower year after year. The cyclamen bulbs that I mentioned last yes. week, they would be beautiful right at the butt of the tree 
right in at the kind of root crevices of the tree. That's where I would plant I was, them. I, I know I'm going to drug arse here now, but it'll go out of my head. I was in a house yesterday okay. and uh, they had uh, some of the ornamental cabbages that right. we were talking about. Oh, and they had the cyclamens ready and they're doing up the wind. They're doing up winter window boxes. Abs- and that's yeah. it. That's exactly it. And they're doing the right thing because, again, the cyclamen, the, the winter cabbage, the primulas, the winter pansies, winter heathers. They, and and they, give some daisy, t- they had some daisy-like uh, flowers as well. I'm not sure okay. what they were, but exactly. It might now. be Miklamus yeah, daisies, which they, are the yeah, rasters, it, the flower this time of year. Yeah, they was all starting to take shape for us. And it really Very gives nice. that nice autumnal yeah. feel, doesn't it? That autumn feel, those purples. The, and the it colours was all alone. those purples, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the woodland area, any of those bulbs would work really well. The cyclamen would be fantastic to use. And there's lots of shade-loving shrubs, like spotted laurel, that would work really well in uh, in a woodland area. Or common laurel works really well. Or there's a lovely one called... Um, Oh, it's a it's a big botanical nail, Oishaloikan, which is a ground covering laurel, right. which work, works really as well as well. So look for some of those shade laurel. Oishaloikan. Prunus oishaloikan. Oh, believe it sounds or not. like it's from the Nordic countries. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> okay. It is. It is. But um, it, it works really well because it's low growing and tends to, to cover, cover the ground as well. But yeah, a great time to plant shrubs and a great time to plant bulbs in general. Uh, in woodland areas, and as I mentioned last week, if you're if you don't have a spot for the bulbs just yet, then you can pot them up. They work so well in pots or trays. As long as they're in a bit of compost, they'll start to root, and then you can transplant those out in February or March or April of next year, whenever. When things are starting to look yeah positive again. Yeah, and when, where you might you know or you might have an area that there's still summer bedding going on, and you want to leave it because it's really looking well. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, you want to be planting a couple of bulbs because you don't want to miss that period because another couple of weeks they'll be gone. So it's a good idea to get a few trays, fill them with compost, just stick the bulbs into them, cover them over, them over, leave them outside, anywhere at all outside, and they'll grow away. They'll start to grow straight away. Within two weeks, the roots will start to initiate. Right. And those bulbs then can be transplanted uh, out of the trays in whenever, in December, or January, February, whenever. I have to say that that's the job that was going on, and uh, my mum was doing that during the weekend. Well, then. tell her to to plant, put it. Yeah. There was, I think she must have had fifteen pots because I had to move them all for her. So Great. yeah. So she's always so, tuned oh, in every Saturday. Is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, she's following the good advice. A little tip is when when she's got the containers planted up, is to put in a couple of the spring bulbs, say the Tate Tate daffodils or Red Riding Hood. It's the Mayo tulip. In or else common it's red and <laughs> it's red have and you green. not got a blue or a yellow one you can give us instead <laughs> well maybe plant the daffodil as well but, I know uh, we'll, we, with fingers crossed for next weekend we'll plant the mayo tulip tulip so that's red riding hood it's got a lovely red flower green and red foliage believe it or not and it's quite short it only grows about six inches high so it's a lovely variety to plant in where you've got window boxes and hanging baskets where you only want a small short tulip to grow up through the cyclamen that's a great variety red riding hood Okay, and, and, and it's it's, is it's it only a, six inches is six that? inches high but a lovely big scarlet red flower and the leaves are red and green believe it or not so before the flower appears the foliage has a fantastic colour uh, so we're calling it the Mayo. The Mayo, the Mayo <laughs> Tulip, tulip. <laughs> a.k.a. Red Riding Hood. Red Riding Hood, okay. look for that variety, Red Riding Hood, it's really good. Um, now, here uh, is a, an interesting question, and Pork, I'm sure one that people wonder about quite frequently. Um, a listener would like a little bit of advice on what they could plant on their dad's grave to give some colour for the autumn. They've two small corners to plant on the grave. Okay, well, yeah. the sort of plants I would be thinking of, and, <laughs> and you know, generally in graves, um, you want to put in plants going to be robust, they're going to take the kind of weather conditions. So the sort of plants I would be thinking of would be winter heathers, 
very, very good and they flower for such a long period. And as I mentioned last week, they will grow in any type of soil. So winter heathers are really good. The cyclamen that we talked about would work really well. Winter pansies, which are just coming into flower now and will flower out through till April of next year. Violas, which are one of my favourites. So they're, sm- they're like a pansy, but the flower is smaller and more numerous. And they're shorter as well. So they do really well in graves and they're available in a whole range of different colours. So look for those. They're the winter flowering violas, which flower from now right through to the end of April. So you've got colour right through Christmas, right into the spring of next year. Um, the, the the purple uh, cabbage that you mentioned, the ornamental cabbage, would look really well from a foliage effect. A nice plant as well to plant at this time of year is chrysanthemums, the garden mums. Mm-hmm. They're a short little plant that only grows about six inches high, kind of forms a little mound, a little clump. That's uh, like the ones we had in here the yeah, other, last, Actually, last week. It was Sorry. last week. I brought some of them in. That's right. Yeah. I brought some of them the in last ones, week. Yeah. They're just coming into flower now and they'll give you a nice colour up to... The early part of December, maybe into Christmas sort of period. That's kind of through November, December sort of period. So it it depends when you want the grave really looking well. But any of those plants that I mentioned tend to flower over a long period. And certainly the winter heathers, the violas, the pansies, um, the cyclamen add give a lot long period of colour during that the, the cooler uh, temperatures. And any of the spring bulbs will work. Any of the you know the small crocuses the red riding hood tulip, any of the dwarf daffodils like Tate to Tate is a very good variety because again, it only grows about six inches high. So you don't want the big tall daffodils because they get untidy and fall over. So it's a nice short little neat varieties. February gold is another really good one. Jetfire has a lovely one. It's got an orange trumpet and yellow petals. Oh, really right. nice. It's a lovely variety called Jetfire. Think of Jetfire. Um, so any of those, Jetfire, Tate to Tate, February Gold, um, Red Riding Hood Tulip would be nice. Another very good one called Gluck, uh, G-L-U-C-K. Look at the available in garden centres at the moment. You'll have the the heights will be indicated on the packs. Right. But any of those plants that I mentioned will tolerate um, outdoor conditions, will do well in a kind of windy open area. That'd be perfectly okay and a good time to plant them. Okay. Um, one more and then we'll have a quick little break. Uh, hanging baskets. Um, somebody is wondering, they still have hanging baskets in flower and fuchsias to bloom still. Is oh, it great. too late? Will these bloom, I suppose, really, or is it getting too cold for them? I uh, know. Well, I mean, you're going to get a number. Like the we- It's all down to the weather and the weather at the moment is absolutely brilliant for um, colour, for autumn colour. So a lot of the summer bedding is still looking really, really well. Things like begonias are still really great. Fuchsia is still flowering its head off. Um, so, no, I would leave them alone for, for you'll probably get another four weeks out of hanging baths. Continue to wash them, continue to feed them. Um, if you want, you can take a couple of cuttings off those fuchsias for next year, if you particularly like those varieties. But once we get into the end of September, mid-October, mm. that's the time to chuck them out and replant them with a lot of the plants that I mentioned. So all of the plants, the winter heathers, the violas, anything I mentioned there, mm. trailing ivies, any of the bulbs will work brilliantly well in baskets. Uh, so you can once the once you get rid of the summer bedding, they're the sort of plants I would be putting in for a bit of winter colour. Excellent. Okay, we are going to take a quick little break. Still lots more to come, though, so stay with us. Okay, such a variety of questions. Actually, I might just come to that last one first and then I'll backtrack if that's okay. okay. Um, A listener would like to know what to plant for a thorny hedge uh, to keep the neighbour's cat and dog out of the garden. That's why we're laughing. Uh, But we do understand it can be an issue. Um, They'd like this particular thorny hedge to keep its leaves and maybe to have a little bit of flower as well. What a challenge. What a challenge. Is there there an answer to that plant? There is indeed. There's a a, a couple of plants you could use, but the one that springs to my mind is Berberus darwinii, uh, which is... A evergreen, both the leaves 
believe it or not, and the stems are thorny. So it's got small leaves like a holly leaf, but they're very prickly and it's got thorns on the stems. It's got beautiful orange flowers in April, early May. And at this time of year, it produces a black fruit. Right. So how about that? That's evergreen foliage. And now we even fruits. <laughs> evergreen foliage, thorns on the leaves, thorns on the stems, uh, yellow flowers in April. It's a lovely, it's actually a very good hedge. It's right. a hedge I'd highly recommend, Berberus darwinii. And it's not one that actually I speak probably enough not, about yeah. or, or we see enough plant it. Does it take long to grow? It's, it would be slow growing, but that has its benefits right. because, you know, if you want to hedge, say, <clears throat> was this a front lawn? Front, was it or back? No, right, know, okay. Yeah. But if you want a hedge that grows, say, four, five, six feet, then Berberus darwinii is a really, really good hedge. If you want a really tall hedge, it's just going to take forever to get right. there. So, Berberus darwinii, good time to plant to this time of year. It grows in ordinary garden soil. It's totally hardy, um, makes a beautiful hedge and really spectacular in the springtime when it comes into flower. So, that's one I'd highly recommend. It fits all the criteria and I'm sure that cats and dogs well, yeah, won't say, penetrate it. Yeah, you can, there's no absolute guarantee. No, uh, I know. I mean, this is a thorny, plus, this is a real right. thorny. Uh, but at the same time, but it's... a good deterrent. Yeah, and it's, and it's easy trim it and easy keep it. Okay. Um, so that's the one, Burbis Darwinia is the one I'd, I'd mentioned. There are some other thorny hedges, but that really fits the bill in terms of being evergreen. Um, you know, some of the and prickly ho- hollies you could put in as well, but I think this one would actually suit better and it would actually, it's a very attractive hedge in its own right. So that's Berberus darwinii, darwinii, darwinii Darwin's Berberus. Oh, Darwin, as in. There you yes. go, yeah. our old friend. Dar- Darwin of, yeah. of who went exploring. Um, now, is it too late to cut back Leilandii? Well, the is it too late? The, the, the thing about this time of year with hedges um, is that you don't want to be cutting them back too severely because they're not going to make any new growth between now and winter. Right, because there's a few hedge questions right. like that now. If it's a, a kind of a tidy up, I would say yes. If you want to just tidy up the hedge, you're taking maybe six or seven inches or eight inches off it, that's fine. Mm. Just to tidy it up. Hedges in, in general, laurels, beech, Lilandii. Uh, a light trimming is no harm at this time of year, but don't go giving them a severe pruning because you're leaving, you're taking the winter coat off them and you're leaving them then susceptible to weather conditions for the winter. Ideally, Leyland should be pruned, light pruning in the springtime, but more importantly, in mid-July, when they've kind of finished their first, first flush of growth, is the time to cut them back. So I have no problem people cutting a light trimming back, a tidying up, as it were, mm. at this time of year is fine. But you're leaving the plant exposed if you cut it too severely. And if you get a rough winter, the plant is going it's to suffer. Right. The other thing with Lelandia and conifers in general is they don't respond to severe pruning. So if you do cut them hard and you go back into old wood, they won't regenerate, they won't mm. reshoot again. Whereas plants like beech or laurel or privet will. Right. Um, so my advice here is just do a tidy up at this time of year. Leave them alone then until next spring. spring. The fact that you've given them a light trimming now, they won't need to trimming in the spring. But next summer is the time really to prune la- uh, laylands. Because what happens is you're taking off the first flush of growth. It'll produce a small amount of growth between July and autumn. Right. And that protects it for the winter. Okay. So summertime is really, you know, midsummer. July, when early it's in August. the middle of the growing, really. Just after it's growing, yeah. first flush of growing period, that's the time to actually trim it back. Okay. So a light trimming now is no problem at all. Don't feed anything at this time of year. You know, in trees and shrubs, there's no need to be putting fertiliser on because right. you don't want growth. So the potash, as I mentioned, for the fruit trees, fruit trees. is, is, is to get the flowers. 
Um, That's kind of getting it ready for next year. Exactly, really. and yeah. it's slowing it's slowing the growth down, if nothing else, and it's in, it's kind of initiating and inducing the plant to produce flower buds. But you don't feed at this time of year roses or trees or shrubs because you, they're slowing down. Nature is slowing down, so don't don't try to work against that because you're making them soft and susceptible to, to damage. Very good. Now, a listener would like to add a shrub bed into the lawn. Oh, great. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Now, do they need to kill the grass and what to plant for good colour? They'd like something fairly easy. Right, okay. Well, the first of all, if it is in a shrub area, then yes, my, or in a lawn area, um, my advice, and if you're planting any hedges or fruit trees or trees in general yep. or shrub beds, mark out the area, first of all, put down a line and then spray within that line. And I would use something like the Weed Free 360 because it doesn't contaminate the soil. Right. So if you apply it today, the weeds will be d- dead certainly within a week. The grass will be dead within a week. The soil won't be contaminated and you can plant directly into that soil. So it's the best way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So mark out the area, spray off with the Reed Free 360. That'll kill the grass completely and then it's ready to plant. Now, there's such an array of plants available at the moment. The things that uh, jump to my mind, there's a lovely plant called Skimia Obsession. It's a plant I planted on TV3 this time of last year mm-hmm. in a pot and it's got beautiful red berries and the great thing about it the berries are actually still on the plant because the birds dislike it oh. the birds won't eat the berries and it's got beautiful real big holly like berries and um, now they're green at this time of year but they'll start to ripen and redden once we go into the first or second week of october mm. and they hold the berries then right through they're still on the plants i was looking at them in, in the pots uh, just just uh, a couple of weeks back and they're still red after the whole summer. Which the, well so that's, that's great lovely... so, and the berries are kind of acting as a colour rather than having a flower as yeah. such on it. Yeah. yeah well it does flower as well it oh, flowers right. in the springtime it's got a white flower it's got evergreen foliage but it's got a lovely red uh, berry and you know most berries like hollies and pyracantha and all of those the, the birds just hoover them off with this skimmy obsession they won't touch they won't. it no, okay. no. so it's, it's a really good like. variety um, Euonymus harlequin is, is another really nice easy to grow shrub it's one I'd recommend really nice plant this time of year is a plant called uh, it's called the it's called the what is it called it's called the sacred bamboo I think Nandinia is the name of the plant Nandinia and it goes a lovely scarlet it goes like a Virginia creeper at this time of year Um, lovely uh, easy to grow plant lovely foliage colour something different something unusual oh that Um, sounds interesting yeah it's a nice plant Nandinia and the colour actually intensifies it goes more orange more scarlet as we go through the winter period so it's a really nice one. Um, so look, at there's a whole range of, of plants, Euonymus, Hebes, uh, uh, the, the uh, Skimia, I mentioned the Skimia Obsession, a whole range of different varieties of Skimmies that could be planted. Um, so there's lots, it depends on the size of the bed. Go to your local garden centre, maybe bring a picture with you and... And, and to kind of work from there Work then. from there, yeah. But a great time to plant shrubs in the garden in general. Excellent. But the listener is dead right, kill off the, the lawn area first before planting. Okay. Now, speaking of lawns, somebody is sowing a new lawn. All right, And okay. they'd like to know what lawn seed should they use? They've got kids and they've got a dog. Okay, so something hard-wearing. Okay, so again, September, brilliant time to... to um, to sow a lawn. The, again, the thing, key thing I would do is before you, you, you start to till the soil, kill off any weeds and, and, and grass that may be there. Till up the soil, put in a bit of pre-seeding fertiliser. So, so get yourself a little bit of Parkway mm. uh, fertiliser, which you put in before the seed. And the seed I would use is one called um, Green Velvet. 
Well, Green that velvet. sounds nice. Yeah, it's a very, it's a hard wearing, it's a mixture of about four different types of seed, which are predominantly creeping grasses. So they don't, they're not upright and vigorous. They tend to cover the ground. So it's a variety called green velvet. It's a mixture of hard wearing, creeping grasses, uh, easy to trim, perfect for kids, the dog, whatever. There's, you know, it's very hard wearing. And even if, the, if it gets damaged slightly, it'll repair right. itself or it, it's easy to repair. So that's a variety called green velvet. If you, if you sow it, say today, it'll certainly germinate within two to three weeks. So by mid-October, it'll have germinated. Mm-hmm. And by February of next year, March of next year, it'll you, it's usable. You excellent. can go out and, and... And over the winter period, if you get some mild weather, do take the top off it. Put the lawnmower on it, maybe in you know November or early December. Just take the top off it because that encourages it to fill out quicker. Excellent. So green velvet, really good variety. But do put in some of the preceding fertiliser before you put down the seed okay, that so just brings it on that bit stronger maximise the growth yeah. uh, a listener would like to know how to store lupin and nasturtium seeds over the winter for next year well very easy and a good time to, to actually take them off the plant now so go go along to the, the you'll see them they're very evident and they're very large on the actual um on, the, on the, the plants. So just collect. The nasturtium seed will fall into your hand like, like peas and simply put them into a brown paper envelope or brown paper bag mm. and store them somewhere in a cupboard, in the garage. Out doesn't really matter. Out of light, somewhere cool. Um, cool and dry. So not too, you know, not where they're going to get a lot of moisture. So somewhere dry and cold. And then sow the seed of nasturtium next February indoors and start it off. Or you can sow it directly out of doors from April onwards. Lupins, what I would do is actually cut the stems of the lupin so lupins will have tall stems with the seed attached. Cut them, uh, put a rubber band around maybe three or four stems and stick them in the garage, hanging upside down and put a bag over the bottom half of the seed. Right. Right. So you have them upside down, hanging upside down on a nail or on a hook in the garage with a polythene bag or a paper bag just over the bottom. And what will happen is the, bo- the pods will open, the seed will fall down into the bag and then that's ready to sow and again the lupins I wouldn't sow the seed until February indoors next year or yeah February March Um, now remember they won't flower this coming year the nasturtiums will will flower next summer but the lupins will take two years to flower from collecting the seed so but the plants will grow perfectly well you'll have really strong plants this time next year and they'll flower then the following year on so it's a a very good time of year even going back to the question of the white thorn I was Mm. just admiring the amount of haws they're on the white thorn okay. at the moment. They're absolutely covered. It's a great year for, for. Uh, I think I mentioned before. I was just, you know, surprised the amount of seed on ash, mm. sycamore. Yes, you might. Yeah, talked about that last week. Yeah, and, and actually, and I was out walking during the week as well, and I noticed. I, I'm not entirely sure what they were, but you could see seed where you wouldn't normally. Yeah, see seed. it's been a great, yeah. great year, yeah. and and the white thorn is producing a tremendous amount of seed at the moment. So that again is another way to propagate white thorn just mm. collect the seed sow it it will take it, it needs the cold weather over the winter but they'll sprout next spring it's another way of, of getting a maybe a hedge of white thorn okay <clears throat> just one or two more before we finish up um, can you cut back a camellia at the moment and if you can how much should you do it no I wouldn't prune them back okay. because camellias produce the flower buds at this time of year the time to prune back camellias and all spring flowering plants should be pruned after flowering so that's normally March, April sort of period. You feed them then over the summer and they produce their flower buds this time of year. Now the thing is, if you if you do prune it, what will happen is you'll have no flowers next year, but the plant will come back into grow perfectly okay. You'll lose a year of flowering. So if the flowers are important, then don't prune it. Wait until the next April sort of period. And once you prune it, feed it then next 
next summer. Okay. And finally, a listener planted a golden rain tree in June, but the leaves have gone brown. They're wondering, will it come back? As well, yeah. That's the that's the uh, laburnum. Some, and they do often lose their leaves early at this time of year. So don't worry about it. It'll come back into leaf again. Uh, you know, as long as no no root damage has occurred or no, you know, there's no physical damage to the tree, early f- uh, leaf drop is no harm. That plant should come back. Okay. Yeah, I've been confident enough it'll come back. It's an easy enough to grow a plant. Great. Good, good time to plant them actually as well. Okay. Well, we have to leave it there for this morning. Okay. A huge amount of questions. I know we didn't get to all of them by any means, but we'll be back again next Saturday. We will indeed. With I'm our mayo to tulips. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very we'll have to have a for mayo the weekend theme. that'll be in it. We will indeed. Yeah. We'll come up with something. Anyway, Porig, listen, thanks very much all for right, all Georgia. of that. Thank you. And uh, thank you to all of your questions as well. And if we didn't get to them, we will hang on and go through them and try and group them together for the start of the programme next week um, that's it for me uh, we're out and about Michael Neary is in Westport this morning that's coming your way directly after the news at 10 o'clock uh, which is on the way next for me until next Saturday after 7 have yourselves a lovely weekend good morning to you